Hello and welcome to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name is Kayla. I'm an English teacher here in the United States. You can follow me on Instagram at English with Kayla or go to my website EnglishWithKayla.com to get more free English lessons. Today's podcast, we will be reviewing art vocabulary words. Now, as an English teacher online, I teach mainly intermediate to advanced vocabulary. And I believe that you can improve your English skills the quickest by learning more vocabulary words. We will be learning art vocabulary today. You do not need to be an artist to find this vocabulary valuable. Words used to describe art and art techniques can be used to describe literature. It can be used to describe finance. It can be used to describe cooking. So I believe that this set of 15 words that I'll teach you in the podcast today will really guide you to have a greater English vocabulary knowledge. Art vocabulary is very versatile. Versatile means it has many different uses. And art is very important to understand to a culture. So if you study art of another culture, it will give you a better idea of their values, their history. So art is very important as well. In this lesson, let's learn 16 adjectives that will really help you speak about art and other things relating to art. And again, if you want to read more about this lesson, go to EnglishWithKayla.com. I'll have lots of posts and quizzes up on art vocabulary and other co topics covered there as well. Let's get into today's lesson. One thing that Americans really love to do is a DIY project. DIY. Have you heard this abbreviation before? It means do it yourself. And if you do something yourself, it means that you are making it or crafting it as opposed to buying it. You'll hear this abbreviation really commonly on American television. They'll teach you to do a DIY. Or if you go on the internet like YouTube, just type in DIY and you'll see thousands of videos of people's DIY project. So a good example sentence for DIY could be, instead of buying a new painting, I will just DIY it. So DIY it, that's a verb sentence. So I'm doing it yourself it. Doesn't make sense, but it's kind of colloquial. People do say DIY as a verb. I recently did a DIY in my own home. I had some ugly curtains and they needed to be taken down as well as the blinds. The curtains are the fabric and the blinds are, you know, the wooden, um, I don't know how exactly to describe blinds. They go over your windows. So they're sometimes wood, sometimes plastic, sometimes metal. Mine were metal. I took them down myself and I installed new ones as well as new curtains. And for me, I don't typically DIY things. I usually have to pay someone else who's more handy than I am. So this was a big DIY project for me. Hopefully you heard how many different ways I just use DIY. Artists typically DIY things. They are very crafty, very handy, and they can make beautiful things all by themselves without having to buy pre-made materials. 
This next word is much more related to art than crafting. The word is abstract. Abstract. So you could call a piece of art abstract, meaning it doesn't resemble any real object. Another common way to use this word is calling an idea abstract. If an idea is abstract, it doesn't have a basis in reality. So you're kind of just thinking abstractly, you're thinking in fantasy or just a theory, not a real thing. When talking about abstract art, the most famous artist that comes to mind is Jackson Pollock. He was an abstract artist. He threw, basically he threw paint at the canvas or dripped it onto a canvas. So it didn't resemble any real objects, but it was pretty cool art. It was good abstract art and certainly worth lots of money. That is one joke about abstract art is it doesn't actually resemble anything. And some people believe you don't even need much talent to do it. I'll leave that up to you as the viewer of art. The opposite of abstract is realistic which is our next word. If you design art with something that looks like real life or resembles what the object look like, looks like in real life, it is realistic. So artists often paint fruit, a bowl of fruit. I think this is a common activity you would do if you were going to art school and you are supposed to make the fruit look realistic. So the painting or the drawing, if it is realistic, will look like the actual object is in front of you. I have personally seen some crazy realistic art on Instagram. And by saying crazy realistic, it means like really realistic. That's a common thing that Americans will add in casual speech. We'll say crazy good. It was crazy awesome. It just means really. So we can talk about goals or ideas being realistic as well, meaning it could really happen. So maybe you want to set a goal to earn a certain amount of money in a year. If you set your goal to be a billion dollars in one year, that would not be a very realistic goal unless you're the owner of Amazon or you're the owner of some other big corporation. So set realistic goals. Maybe you want to lose weight and become healthier. It might not be realistic to lose 50 pounds in, let's say, a month. Definitely wouldn't be realistic to weight, lose 50 pounds within a month. But it could be realistic to lose 5 pounds in a month. And if you are trying to think what I'm talking about, I'm talking about pounds instead of kilograms because in America, we always say pounds, which is confusing to the rest of the world. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so we have the, uh, the words abstract and realistic that are not only used to describe art, but really common to use to describe ideas and thoughts and things like that. Let's talk about some tools that an artist may use. Now, you might know the words pencil, paper, paintbrush. Do you know the word easel? Easel? An easel is a tool that an artist uses to stand their painting up. Often, if you're giving a presentation and you have a poster, 
you might have an easel as well to stand your poster up. An easel is made of wood or a metal frame, and again, it holds the artist's canvas, the canvas which they paint on. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. I want to teach you another style of art. And this style is called calligraphy. Calligraphy. I'm going to say the word really slow because I find it to be a fun word to say. Calligraphy. Do you ever have words like that where you just think they're fun to say in English or any other language? Calligraphy. It's a type of art that involves decorative handwriting. So it's beautiful writing. You turn your writing into art. A person that practices calligraphy is called a calligrapher. I know in Iran they have many famous calligraphers there that make beautiful handwriting. And a person who writes calligraphy uses a special pen or brush and their words just look beautiful. Often in the United States when we have wedding invitations, we will have the font used uh, as a beautiful calligraphy. So it will say, you are invited to the wedding of, and it will have the two people's names beautifully designed in calligraphy. Often in art and cooking in English, I find that there are many remnants of French. There are French words that we use in the English language, or they have a basis in French. The word critique, critique, can't you just picture that being said by a French person? Critique, critique. I had a friend from Morocco who speaks French actually tell me this was a French word. So the words critique, critic, and criticize are all related. The word critique specifically that we're talking about in art will be either a noun or a verb. So when you critique something, you evaluate it or you call your evaluation a critique. To evaluate something means to tell if it is good or if it is bad and you tell what you liked about it or disliked about it. So using critique as a noun, you could say her critique of the painting was very harsh. That would mean that you thought she was being almost mean about the painting. She was being harsh. Her words were rough on the person who painted the picture. So a person who critiques for a living is called a critic. Critic. That word sounds a bit more English. It sounds very American. He was a critic. Or if you are actively telling someone that they're that something about them isn't good, it's actually bad or ugly, or they didn't do a very good job, you would be criticizing them. So critique is a very complicated word, and it has a lot of different uses that you'll hear it for, that you'll hear it have. 
Let's move on to another word that I think is very versatile beyond art, which is the word illustrate. If you illustrate a book, you draw or make pictures to show what is happening. This is most common in children's books. You'll see illustrations. So you'll see drawings telling what's happening in the book. The person whose job it is to illustrate the book or show what's happening with pictures, drawing the pictures, is an illustrator. There are many famous illustrators in the United States who make beautiful children's books. So the reason why this word is versatile is because you can also illustrate an idea or a thought that you have. When you illustrate an idea, you're giving a really good description of it. It's almost as if your description is so good, someone can see what you're talking about. A really advanced sentence could be, I illustrated my abstract idea. If you were to use the sentence in English correctly, people would be very impressed. Those are two really nice vocabulary words. And I just talked about this in a YouTube video I made because there's all that drama in the English teaching community with English with Lucy making an apology about telling people they weren't professional because they had a foreign accent. I think that everybody has an accent. English is one of the languages that is spoke most commonly in the world. So naturally, it will be spoken differently everywhere in the world. And you can sound professional by using words like illustrate, abstract, realistic. People will certainly know you are intelligent by your use of vocabulary and will make a judgment beyond your accent. So that's besides the point of our vocabulary lesson today, but I just wanted to illustrate my thoughts on accents and the drama in the English teaching community. And there was an extra example of the word illustrate for you. Another very artistic word is color wheel. Color wheel. Maybe you've heard this before. Maybe this is a new concept for you entirely. A color wheel is a tool that artists use to tell whether or not colors will look good together. So it's a literally a wheel, a circle of all of the different colors. English, we call the three main colors primary colors, kind of like our primary grades. We say primary colors, red, blue, yellow. Then we have secondary colors, which are orange, green, and purple. And I think there's tertiary colors, other colors that I am not an artist, so I can't explain in this lesson. But artists have a color wheel and they make decisions about what colors to use based on that. If you go to art school or learn about art, you'll study the color wheel. Moving on to a more versatile word is the word portfolio. Portfolio. A portfolio has a few different meanings, but relating to art, it is literally a collection of your work. And sometimes, even more quite literally, it will be a folder of your work or a leather booklet of your work. If you are going into a job interview, not relating to art, sometimes they'll ask for your portfolio or a collection of your work, whether it be writing or different projects you've worked on. We also sometimes 
refer to portfolios as an online portfolio. So maybe you keep a collection of your work on a website. Photographers very often keep a portfolio or a sample of all their different projects they have worked on to show their clients or their potential customers. A good synonym for portfolio is collection. Portfolio is also a very common finance term for the set of investments you have made with your money. So if you talk about your financial portfolio, it means all of the money that you have. If someone were to ask you about your financial portfolio, they would be asking about the investments you've made with your savings. So if you buy stocks, bonds, invest in companies, or maybe you just save your money in a bank account, that would be your portfolio. So portfolio we can use in art and finance. And another great word to describe a collection, but a little differently, is collage. Collage. Now don't confuse this word with college. That's C-O-L-L-E-G-E. This word is C-O-L-L-A-G-E. A collage is a piece of art that you make by putting many different things onto one thing. Often when people are young in the United States, they will have a collage of pictures or posters on their bedroom wall. This could be pictures of their family, their friends, their favorite celebrities, their favorite music artist. It would be a collage if they put it all on one wall. Really unique collages I've seen artists do are when they use maybe hundreds of pictures to make one big picture. So they stick many different things onto one board. If you google the word collage, C-O-L-L-A-G-E, you will find some really neat examples online. I like this style of art and if you want to describe just a collection of different things all put together, you could say that is a collage of whatever it might be. Or you could say, I like your collage of pictures on your wall. That would be a compliment to somebody's decorations. Our 11th word that we'll study today is the word blend. Blend. So this is a verb. If you blend two things together, you mix them together. Blend and mix are pretty synonymous. I'll tell you the small difference. If you blend two colors together, you're kind of making them mix into each other. So if you mix them together, if you mix red and blue, they'll make purple. But if you blend them together, you'll still see the blue and you'll still see the red. Especially if you're talking about blending the colors on a picture. Sometimes if we get a haircut, you'll say, can you blend the bottom of my hair into the top, blend the two different lengths. So you kind of make two or more things into one. This word is definitely used in cooking. If you blend your favorite fruits and spinach and ice and maybe some milk or coconut water, it would make a delicious smoothie. A smoothie is what we call everything blended together in a blender and you drink it. A really healthy way to get your fruits and vegetables. 
artists blend colors in their paintings to make, for example, a beautiful sky. If you're painting a sunset, you'll certainly, certainly need to blend colors together. Number 12, monochromatic. Monochromatic. A good way to understand the meaning of a new word is to look at the different parts of a word and think about where you've heard them before. So if you've heard the word mono, you might know that it refers to one, like a monopoly or monogamy. It means just one. Chromatic means color. So anything with the word chrome in it will mean a color. So monochromatic means one color. We use this word to talk about black and white most commonly. If a photo is black and white, it's monochromatic. You could also have a photo that's monochromatic, but it's all different shades of red. So it doesn't have to be all of the same red, but maybe it's light red, dark red, medium red. But most commonly, monochromatic will refer to black and white. It just uses shades of black that are darker and lighter. A common type of art in many cities is a mural. Mural. It's spelled M-U-R-A-L. So it looks like it may be mural, but it's mural. A mural is an extremely large piece of art that's typically on a wall or a building. Murals are always found on walls, but sometimes you could see them on the side of a large building. There are many famous and beautiful murals in the world. I'm wondering if my friends in Iran, Iraq, India, Colombia have murals in their city. If you have them, send them to me on social media. I'd love to see a mural in another country even. Murals can be considered street art, like graffiti. If you know the famous anonymous artist named Banksy, he makes very controversial murals. Murals sometimes depict a political figure, and they can be in favor of them, or it can represent a rebellion against a political figure as well. So murals refer to anything that's painted very large on a building or a wall. A portrait is a painting or photograph, and the subject is a person if it's a portrait. Portraits are typically smaller, too, if they're a piece of art. So if there was a painting of a person on the side of a building, it would be a mural. But a portrait would just refer to a painting or photograph of a person. For instance, on iPhones, they have portrait mode, which is made specially to take a picture of a person and make it look really nice. You can have a self-portrait, which means the artist or the photographer paints or takes a photo of themselves. Another interesting way we use the word portrait in English, in America specifically, is when we talk about printing a document if it's going to be the long way, like a book would be, it is called portrait. If it is going to uh, be printed across the paper, so you'll turn the paper and longer on the top and bottom than it is on the sides, it would be called landscape. 
So someone might tell you you need to print something portrait or landscape. It means either up and down or sideways for landscape. Let's talk about landscape. It's our last word today. A landscape refers to a painting or a photograph of the outdoors. So we talk about landscape, meaning what do you see when you look outside. Landscapes are often the first thing that artists learn how to make in their art because let's be honest it's beautiful to look out at an ocean or countryside or mountains there are many beautiful landscape paintings in the world and it takes a talented artist to show the beauty of what they see in their art thank you for listening to this episode of english vocabulary help podcast with me, Teacher Kayla. Again, follow me on social media, pretty much anything you can think of, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, English with Kayla, and visit my website, englishwithkayla.com, for some free vocabulary learning resources, some English quizzes, and if you found this vocabulary lesson useful today. Make sure to share this podcast with your friends who are also learning English. I would love to help them as well. It is my goal to help as many English learners across the globe or across the world as possible. It is my passion to teach English. So thank you so much for listening to today's episode and good luck learning English.